Welcome to The Brunch Club, a podcast brought to you by three dietetic and nutrition students and future dietitians who are true foodies at heart. Meet your hosts, Jenny, Stacy, and Hannah, who spit nothing but the truth around health and nutrition. We are excited to provide you with body-positive, anti-diet culture, and non-restrictive health facts and tips. Join us with your cup of coffee or glass of mimosa and get ready to listen to us chew away nutrition myths, discuss hot topics, and share our journeys to becoming registered dietitians. Let's brunch! Welcome to another episode of The Brunch Club. Today we will be welcoming one of our new brunchers um, who was added to the team. Her name is Melissa Avalos and she has her Bachelor's of Science in Dietetics and Nutrition. She is a current graduate student at Florida International University in the Department of Dietetics and Nutrition. She works at WIC and she is just full of beautiful information that she's going to be sharing with us and we're super excited so we hope you enjoy this episode and we hope you enjoy getting to know Melissa. Go ahead and introduce yourself by telling me a little bit about why you got into nutrition in the first place. Um, all right that is a very loaded question. Um, I guess it started in 2015. Um, a lot of it has to do with a cousin of mine that lives in Chile and she came to visit and she was studying food science in uh, in Chile and you know we got to talking and everything just seemed very interesting and at that time I had switched majors I would say about three or four times I went from nursing to history to business and I just really didn't know what I wanted to do and um, after talking with her I was like well you know nutrition seems really really interesting let me get into it and she was also vegetarian at the time and that also sparked interest in me. So in 2015, I made the choice to become vegetarian and also study nutrition. Wow. Um, a lot of it, a lot of it had to do with disease prevention mm. in the beginning. Um, I got into it just because you know I I felt very strongly that you know it can't just all be genetics. There's got to be more right. to it, and you know there's a lot more to it. But that's the gist of it. Okay. So the. Th- the thought of like we can't just all be doomed to diabetes because our grandparents had it like there has to be something we can do exactly and I was kind of tired of hearing that from everyone around me it was always well you know you've got bad genes so it's gonna happen and I just thought to myself like there's no way there's no way yeah you know after everything my cousin had told me I was like I'm gonna check this out and you know little by little of course you take the courses and you start to really learn the impact that food has on your physical health, your mental health, you know, everything. Yeah. So it's it's something that really just sparked a huge passion in me. It's just never burned out. If anything, it just gets bigger every yeah. day. Yeah, I totally feel that. Mm-hmm. So did you start your nutrition academic journey at FIU? No, I started at Miami-Dade. Um, but at Miami-Dade, it was a lot of um, prerequisite stuff. Mm-hmm. But it did take my first nutrition course at, at Miami-Dade. It was just the intro to nutrition. Okay. Um, I actually fell in love with my professor. And she, she was, um, at the time, working at Miami Children's Hospital. Oh, wow. I think it's called Nicholas Children's Hospital now. Mm-hmm. Um, and I volunteered with her for a year. Okay. She worked in the oncology department, so that was rough. It was, it was hard. Yeah. I think that was when I kind of learned that maybe clinical wasn't, you know, the best fit. Um, but I know it's not just clinical. I think it was also I was in a really tough yeah. department. Emotional. I went with her. Yeah, I went with her twice to see patients, 
and you know one of them was a baby like oh a baby baby not even a year old the other was about nine okay both of them i mean i ended up in tears both times yeah um but either way i learned a lot i learned a lot with her um and yeah after that i was just i was sold after my first nutrition course i was like yeah i've definitely made the right choice yeah and i kept going i've had a lot of stops and starts you know stop and goes with um my studies because you know life gets in the way sometimes right um but i don't regret choosing nutrition at all so you said clinical is not your ideal setting like for you to thrive yeah so where do you feel your calling is i definitely think i would do better in nutrition counseling like one-on-one i don't know exactly what specifically i'm going to stick to so i didn't mention it earlier but so i was vegetarian for about um a year and some while well, i was pescatarian then vegetarian then dairy free so everything kind of just came in in little steps you know as more as i learned and did research in my classes and just you know changes just came along the way um and so now you are now i'm plant-based 100 percent. okay so i've been plant-based since um 2016 i would say april 2016 okay um so i'm not sure if i want to focus on you know people who have an interest in plant-based diets and need a little bit of help because you know we get a lot of the misinformation that it's not possible or that you know you're gonna be iron deficient or you're not gonna get enough protein and you're gonna start to decay as an individual Mm -hmm. and it's you know that's not how it works um there's a lot of science to it and research and and you know the American Dietetics Association definitely says that any stage of life, a plant-based diet is healthy. Right. So, so maybe I want to focus on that and helping individuals who feel that you know they can't do it on their own, but it is something they want to try to incorporate more into their into their life. Because you know I've, I've met people and I've have helped people before who don't want to be fully plant-based, but they definitely want to know how to include plant-based meals into their daily life. Yeah. So I think yeah I think counseling would be best. Um, it's funny because I absolutely loved um, my clinical nutrition courses. Cause I had a great professor. She's been on before, right? Yeah, yeah. Dr. Rivera. So Dr. Rivera, yeah, she is my absolute favorite. Um, well, I have a lot of favorite professors, but she's definitely in the top three. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, so I actually really liked the way she did the courses, and I ended up loving learning about clinical nutrition. Yeah. But I feel like I might be limited, and I also think that I – it would take too much of a toll on me emotionally, yeah. the kind of person that I am, to be able to withstand all of that every day. And I feel like I won't be able to connect. And that's what I, that's what I feel I'm good at and I, I enjoy doing. I like connecting with people, I like learning about them. And I feel like in a clinical setting, sometimes that can be hard because you're on a tight schedule and you know, you're, the nutrition education that you give is very short and you get the people, you know, once you get someone um, for nutrition education is at the end, you know, and yeah. they want to go home. Yeah. They're tired and they've just gone through probably a traumatic experience. Yeah, like a heart attack yeah, or something. Or stroke, yeah, or stroke, depending on what happened. Yeah. And, you know, the last thing they want to be told is, you know, this is what you got to change. Yeah. So, right. I think nutrition education, nutrition counseling, it's all in a step process. It's, you know, not comparing it 100% to therapy, but you can't fix one thing and you can't fix whatever you're dealing with in one session of psychology therapy, psychological yeah. therapy. Yeah. Um, same thing with nutrition. You've been doing something one way your whole life mm-hmm. and you've always been told it's been correct. And now all of a sudden you want to make changes and you feel like it's not, it's not correct. Whatever you're doing is harming your, your body or, you know, what you've been taught is not, you know, what your family does is not 100 percent yeah you're not thriving exactly yeah and so changing those kind of things is difficult and it's going to take steps and it's going to take someone to guide you and Mm -hmm. you know i'd like to be that someone 
Right, so like nutrition counseling, like working with someone, very individualized. Because clinical, there's not a lot of room to be individualized. Mm -hmm. You kind of have to be cookie cutter. Like you don't see the person as like, this is Jane Doe. You're like, this is is heart attack patient number three. Exactly, my third patient of the day and I had a heart attack and I have to give the same spiel, you know? And I don't want to, and I feel... I don't want to get into that routine where you're seeing so many people that they all just start to, I don't know, blur. Like mesh together. Exactly. Yeah. Like I want to remember each individual that I help. Yeah. That's it's important. It's important to my future career, my, my professional development, my personal development. Yeah. Um, just connecting with others and, you know, doing the best I can to help them. Yeah, because you're super empathetic. You're yeah. a very empathetic person. And so I see you thriving, like working with people and helping them be in a place where they can thrive as well yeah and not just like throwing diet sheets at people and seeing Mm -hmm. them one time and then sending them on their way crossing Mm. your fingers yeah yeah so what how would you describe your ideal client oh that's that's a hard question (laughs) (laughs) um my ideal client Uh, I don't know I don't know because I'm still in this like you know when you're just starting out and you you want to help everyone yeah and you want to save everything? the world yeah yeah, yeah. And, and you can't I can't see every type of client um, I've had so I'm currently working uh, for WIC and my clientele with WIC are you know pregnant mothers of all ages um, infants and children up to five so I have my couple my few months there I have really enjoyed working with that that um, population I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's opened up kind of a new door for my studies and maybe focusing on that but something I've always gravitated towards would be those from other cultures and since I you know I do speak Spanish I'm bilingual I can relate to Hispanic cultures Mm -hmm. and something I know is that you know from my own Cuban family (laughs) that it's hard to make dietary changes without everyone having an opinion about it yeah abuela tia tío everyone wants to say no but you're doing it wrong yeah and you know the people that I've helped since I've graduated even before as a student I've always told them you know unless they're your registered dietitian unless they're the person who is guiding you you know that you've trusted with this knowledge don't let what people say get to you you're gonna have one person that says what are you doing eating rice yeah you know you're gonna that's gonna give you diabetes you know, yeah, and it's like it's just it doesn't work like that. It's not it doesn't that work like that. Yeah. So I think if nutrition was black and white, everybody would be a dietitian. You yeah. wouldn't have to go to school for like six years for it. Of course, it's yeah. very complex, and the human body is very complex. And each one of us, although we have the same basic functions, different cultures, different mm-hmm. routines, different, different experiences. Yeah. yeah. And all those things, you need to take into consideration when you're working with somebody. You can't just say, you know. Well, here you go. Have go ahead and have some kale and some quinoa in your salad for lunch, mm-hmm. with some chopped tofu, and you'll be good to go. Like you don't. What if this person has never eaten this before? Yeah. What makes you think they're gonna want to? And then you're sending them off on a quote-unquote diet. I hate using that word. <laughs> a quote-unquote <laughs> diet um, that is not gonna work for them. Right. You're, you're setting, setting them, them up, up for, for failure. Exactly. Yeah. Took the words out of my mouth. Yeah. You're um, setting them up for failure. So yeah. well, back to the original question. I've had a lot of thought into helping individuals more like most likely I don't know if I want to work with people closer to my age or if I want to work with the older folk like you know maybe maybe mid-adulthood or get leading into older adulthood Mm -hmm. who 
you know, are scared because, hey, my doctor just told me my cholesterol is really high. I'm right. at risk for diabetes. I'm at risk for a heart attack. I'm at risk for X, Y, and Z. I don't know what to do. Mm-hmm. And then you have all these people, you know, random people like, oh, my cousin did this diet and they lost this much weight and it helped them. You know, and then people are going to get confused. They're yeah. not going to know what to do. They're not going to know what to do. And, yeah. and, and sometimes people have will spark interest in different diets, you know, the plant-based diet and, and all that. And I have had family members come up to me and ask me, um, but let me not get off topic. <laughs> um, so my ideal client. <laughs> family trying to get free nutrition advice. That's a whole other episode. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> so, so your ideal client. Ideal client would be probably an older adult um, of Hispanic culture trying to figure it out. Yeah. And trying to know, it, am, am I doing this right or am I harming myself? Yeah. Um, do you have a preference, like, with men or women? <laughs> um, I think I can... In regard to clients. In regard to clients? <laughs> Not romantic relationships. Nope. <laughs> I know, Hannah. <laughs> oh, my God. At least I'll, at least I'll laugh. Because um, I'm super passionate about working with women. Yeah, okay, I was about to be like, I don't want anyone coming at me for this. But, yeah, I, I do prefer to work with women. Um just because I feel like it's easier to empathize and you know when you're a woman it's easier to empathize with women you know yeah. everything you go through you know the pressure about weight loss you know the pressure about having to uh, be beautiful yeah 24 7 24 7 yep and you feel horrible if you're anything but right and it's just a culture we live in you know I don't want anybody coming at me for saying I prefer to work with women but I do I know but if a man asks for my help I definitely will right but in my experience whenever men have asked me for guidance they put a stop to everything I say. Yeah. In terms of, well, you know, you can try X, Y, and Z, and they'll be like, no, but this, no, but that, no, but I had a friend who told me this. And it's like, listen, it's like, man, okay, so do you want my help or not? Exactly. <laughs> did you come for my advice, or did you come to tell me that yeah. someone else told you that they could do it better? Right. You know. Yeah. Because why? And are it's you like kind of insulting. Person? Yeah. It you is. Know? It is. Um, and yeah. I've had, you know, with all of us, all of us as women have had experience being dismissed um, for multiple reasons. Yeah, um, but I empathize more with women just because I am a woman, right? And I can relate to their life experience. Yeah, um, it is interesting though how f- like nasty women can be to other women. Yeah, I have had conversations with women that have gotten very intense, and it's it's actually shocking because the minute I say something like food freedom or body peace or peace with food, mm-hmm. they're like, no, 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 and so it's. It's always older, middle-aged women, and I think it's, I think what it stems from is the fact that they've spent thirty-something years dieting, and to have someone be like, that was a waste, essentially. Yeah. They're like, no, 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 it couldn't have been. Yeah. It had to have been for something. Yep. And so they're not open to hearing about that at all, and it's really sad. Um, so, women can be very like very dismissive as well with women and I think it's there's also that age factor of Mm -hmm. like who is this little girl Mm -hmm. telling me that I can eat sugar and it's okay yeah and it's not you know toxic like whatever I had initially believed for 40 plus years and so um I think that's that's a factor too but Mm -hmm. like my ideal client would be women who have been chronic dieters for a long time and them wanting to find hope and to have a new sense of what wellness is as a whole 
not just what should my body look like before a wedding yeah. or something like that. So, yeah. but it is hard, yeah, with men and then sometimes with, with women that are older than us, it's like, I think it's hard in general to be like a young adult in a profession where you're supposed to give people advice. 100%. Because yeah. nobody's going to take you seriously at the yeah. end of the day. If they want to invalidate you, they'll find a way. Yeah. They'll say it's because you're a girl or it's because you're only 20-something mm-hmm. or because whatever. Oh, you haven't had enough life experience. Yeah. And, and, you know, we have to, each each of us, you know, as people, we have to really take into consideration of, you know, the person that we're talking to when we're talking to them. If, you know, I wouldn't dare make a, uh, I guess, a comment or or give my information on, I don't know, give me a profession, Hannah. <laughs> uh, dentistry. Yeah, there you go. I wouldn't say, well, you know, I read online once that yada, yada, yada right. is better for your teeth than doing what you just told me, yeah. right? And this person has been a dentist, I don't know, 10 years, 5 yeah. years, whatever. Or they just graduated from dental school. Right. Whatever it is, they have more knowledge on this information than I do. But as Dr. Rivera says, since everybody eats, everybody, everybody has, has an, an opinion. opinion. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's hard because – and. And food, you know, you know, you and I have talked about this before, how food is not just food. It's not fuel. It's not only energy. It's culture. It's sharing. It's friendship. It's everything. It's unfortunately sometimes, you know, we've, we have all used food as an emotional crutch or something that helps us get through a tough time. Yeah. Or, you know, and food is so much more than just you eat it, you burn it, you poop it. You know yeah, what I mean? Like, yeah, no, it's true. It's much more than that. Yeah, and, it's more than macros and micros. It's yeah. like... I always tell, um, I work at the eating disorder facility, and I always tell the clients when they say, like, I just hope that I can focus on fueling myself. I'm like, that's important, but God, the universe, whatever you believe, we have taste buds, and we have taste buds for a reason. So I always say God gave us taste buds, and we're supposed to enjoy our food, and we're we're allowed to experience pleasure when eating. Definitely. Um, And so, and there's, to a certain extent, there's nothing wrong with using it as an emotional, like, crutch or like an emotional outlet when mm-hmm. you're having a, a hard day yeah um the problem is if you need an persists. emotional outlet every single day of course, it then persists. it doesn't matter what your outlet is food alcohol like, yeah, you know yeah, what i mean yeah. <laughs> or sleeping avoidance behaviors yeah, like then sure. you just need different kind of help but yeah um food is like there for us all the time and it's like what brings people together yeah and it, so. it's also memories it's also nostalgia there's so many things yeah there's so many things and it's hard to find that perfect balance between what is good for me what is it that I'm only eating because it makes me feel emotionally better you know there's too much of anything is bad right so if we're constantly like you mentioned if you're constantly emotionally eating every day and it becomes something that's kind of out of hand and it's it's happened to me before too regardless of my education what I know um you have to I don't know it's hard to find a balance it's hard to find a balance between all these things and you and I have talked about that before yeah so as a nutrition professional what makes you tick and what ticks you off (laughs) wait what is the difference between (laughs) both of those wordings (laughs) so what ticks you off is like oh my god I hate it when people say that um or I hate it when clients do this or or when people think this and then what makes you tick is like what keeps you going like what fuels your fire Okay, I guess we can start with what keeps me going. Um, the fact that there's a need for us as nutrition professionals, um, what keeps me going is that is I know 
so much, especially after finally finishing my degree and now being in grad school. I know so much. I'm continuing continuing to learn more, and there's there's just more to it. And there's more for me to share, and I I know that there are so many people who are either struggling with a disease mm-hmm. or struggling to prevent a disease mm-hmm. and constantly listening to random tips here and there yeah from people who don't have an education and nutrition and then either making it worse for themselves or creating disordered behaviors or you know whatever it is what keeps me going is the fact that that I know I can help um, and I want to help I just you know the disease prevention thing it just hits home for me just because you know, I come from a Hispanic family and everybody's got blood pressure problems and everybody has diabetes and I you know I'm next you know yeah. just give it a few years right you know? God so, forbid. No, of course. <laughs> of course. But, you know, diet has such a huge impact on our health. And I just, what keeps me going is the fact that I know I can help provide the guidance, the knowledge, the support um, for people struggling with disease prevention or with a disease currently. And as well, I've also thought a lot about, you know, how you, you said that your ideal client is women who have been chronic dieters, which is something I think about a lot, too. Um, I forgot the original question. What oh, makes what you makes me sick? Okay, okay. Um, I think you, I mean, you answered it. Like, just the idea that that people are out there hungry for information. Hungry, mm-hmm. LOL. Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> pun intended. <laughs> um, hungry for information and you have the knowledge and the resources to yeah. provide them with that information, not only education, but individualized care. Yeah. And so, and support, like yeah. emotional and, and everything. So if, if people invest in you, mm-hmm. you will invest in them. Yeah, and um, that's something that, there's this saying, I don't know where it came from, but as like horrible as it sounds, if you don't invest in your health now, you will pay for your sickness later type of thing. Yes, And yes. I know it sounds so horrible, but it's it is true. true. If you neglect your mental health, if you neglect your physical health, you know, we're only human. These mm-hmm. things catch up, and it's crazy because when you're young, you feel like, ah, that's never going to happen to me, mm-hmm. and I'm always going to be okay. And then one morning, you're 27, you sleep with the wrong pillow. <laughs> <laughs> and then your neck's hurting for and five then you're, days. And you're, like, stuck in a position. Um, and then it reminds you, yeah, I'm just a person, and I'm not invincible. Or you think you're always okay, and then you go and get your, your blood results back. Right. And something's and, happening. Yeah. And it's yeah. a reminder that we're humans and that our bodies change and our needs change. And, I don't know, you just – there's so much to learn, and there's always going to be much to learn. You're nev- we're never going to know it all. Right. You know, nutrition-wise or life-wise. Yeah. You're never going to know it all. But with what I do know and what I, with what I continue to study – um, and how I mentioned earlier, my passion for nutrition, it grows every day. It grows every day when I talk to parents on the phone. And each culture has a different definition of healthy. Mm-hmm. They're doing it, the best that they the can. Best the best they, they can. know. Because parents always do the best they can. Right, with, with the knowledge with, with that the they no- have. Exactly. And so every day when I work, and, and, and there are so many moms that are so grateful for the information that I share with them. And I've had, you know, moms cry, and, and I cry. And um, it's a... It's a uh, it's a rewarding job, and anyway, back to the main part. <laughs> so every day I'm fueled I'm fueled with more passion to keep learning nutrition, and uh, it just keeps keeps me going. The fact that I can help, I know I can help, and there's people who need help, and 
it just keeps me going. And I don't think it'll ever go away. Like, there's no way it, it could. So what, what, what takes you me? off? What yeah. takes you off? Um, oh, my God, where do we start? <laughs> um, uh, the idea that you can't have fruits after 10 a.m. The idea <laughs> that fruits are sugar, and since it has sugar, it's bad for you. Um, <laughs> the notion that it is impossible to lose weight while eating carbs. The notion that fast weight loss is good weight loss or healthy weight loss. Mm-hmm. The the fact that so many people feel that they know so much about nutrition and all they did was Google a diet and start an Instagram page. I mean, I don't know. Where do I start? Like, oh, my gosh. You know, it's upsetting. It's upsetting that there are people who are profiting. This is probably the, the biggest one. People who profit off of others' insecurities. Mm-hmm. I cannot stand it. Yeah. You want to lose weight? Lose 10 pounds quick. Lose 20 pounds quick. Come see mm-hmm. me. Come see me. Pay me $500. I'll give you these meal plans for this amount of time and an exercise regimen. You're going to be good to go. You're going to be everything you've ever wanted to be. Mm-hmm. What is that? Yeah. And and it's so upsetting that there are people that are more fueled. You know, I mean, it's said, right, the money's the root of all evil. <laughs> the but, love of money. Yeah, the love of money is yeah. the root of all evil. But... So it, it's so upsetting that people are more fueled off of what they can make, yeah. off of these promises. And you cannot promise anyone, you can't promise anyone that they're going to lose 20 pounds no, in two weeks or whatever. You Everyone's can't. body's different. Everyone's body's different. And why would you want that? Yeah. Why would you want to to, to, to do give that. somebody, first of all, false hope, because this is everything they've wanted, right? So you're, you're making money off the fact that they really want this. They really want this weight loss because they are convinced, and you are enabling and helping to convince them that this weight loss will make them happy. Yeah. When we all know that it is so much more than that. It's so much more. Because of our own personal experience, because of the people that we've helped, because of the fact that the brain doesn't work that way. Mm-hmm. It's not, you get one thing and that's it. Yeah. You know, it's And then you're working. satisfied for the rest of your life. Yeah, so yeah. That, that is usually what upsets me the most, is people making huge profits off of people's insecurities. Mm-hmm. And it's, you know, and, and I'm pretty sure these people who are doing it, they're not doing it, you know, on purpose. They're not like, yeah, I'm going to go after all the people that feel the crap about themselves yeah. and exploit them for money. They probably think that their cabbage juice cleanse does work. <laughs> and you know what? Good for them. Maybe yeah. it, it made them have the poops for like two weeks straight, but yeah. that's not healthy at the end of the day. No, we want the ultimate goal is to teach people how to eat balanced, how to truly eat balanced. Yeah. Because balanced, balanced is not eat strictly this and that food Monday through Friday and binge on the weekends. Yeah. That is not balanced. That's not balanced at all. No. And it's hard because, you know, before I knew about all this stuff, I was a chronic dieter too. Mm-hmm. I mean, I started dieting as young as 14, mm. 13. Yeah. And I've told this story to you before, but I remember I was, I think I was about 12 or 13 years old. It was my birthday. A few days after my birthday, I went for my annual checkup, and my doctor said, you need to lose 10 pounds by next year. Then the next time I see you, I would like you to lose 10 pounds. Know how to do it. Know why I need to do it. Because they don't care no, how you do it. It was just, that's what I heard. Even if you, you end up developing an eating disorder, they're like, well, at least you lost weight. Like, yeah. It's like they don't care about your health. Yeah, and my 12 or 13-year-old self had these words in my mind, I promise you, every day until the, it was like two weeks before my doctor's appointment the following year. And I'm like, man, I haven't lost those 10 pounds. What's going to happen? What's he going to say? So, you know, I tried. 
obviously didn't lose the 10 pounds because I was, what, 13, 14. You were growing. And trying yeah. to figure out how to, you know, going through puberty, your body's going through a bunch of changes. Yeah. Um, but anyway, that thought lingered in my mind for that long. And yeah. when I was 16, I went on a diet while I was eating. I was on a diet for about three or four months. That'd be like two to three months. In high school, I was like 16. I lost like 12 pounds. And I did not stop getting praised for how much weight I lost. And I can tell you it felt so good to hear, wow, you look smaller. You look better. You're thinner. You're more attractive. All these things. And these just, I mean, mind you, I'm 16. I am at the peak of my insecurity right now. Yeah. You know? And and I'm hearing this. I'm like, I need to maintain this forever. Yeah. And oh, it's just crazy. There's so many things. But anyway, back to the, the thing. Um, it No, like, it's, it's crazy that, that people are like, wow, you're taking up less space in the world. I bow down to you. Yeah. yeah. Like, you take up less space in the room. Yeah. And that's that's a miracle. Like, and it's wow. hard because then people think, oh, you're promoting people being overweight. But no, that's not how it works. We're promoting that it's okay to be in a larger body. And if you want to work towards not being in a smaller body, but working towards your health. I always tell people that I help. They always, I always ask at the beginning of my counseling sessions or you know nutrition education or guidance that I'm doing, I always ask, what is your goal with my meeting, with our meetings? What is your goal? And people tell me to lose weight every single, single time. time, right? And I tell them, well, my focus is not your weight. My focus is your health. Yeah. Right? Because there's I, a difference. Yeah, a huge difference. Huge difference. And I always tell them that that's my focus and... And that, you know, weight loss usually comes with lifestyle changes. Mm-hmm. You know, if you're if you're exercising, you know, three times a week and before you weren't at all, you're going to see a change in your body. Mm-hmm. If you're, you know, used to eating very calorie-dense foods and, and energy-dense foods and not nutrient-dense foods, and, you know, and then you make a switch and little by little you're making these changes, yes, the weight loss is going to come with it. Weight loss is not, you know, we're not saying here that weight loss is evil. And the weight loss is horrible. No one should lose weight. That's not what we're doing. That's not what we're about. Right. We're trying to make it normal to not be super skinny or yeah. to be a medium-sized like, person. Yeah, like most to of be us a normal-sized person. Like yeah. The average, the average women's size in America, I can't even remember what it is right now, but I can sure as I'll tell you it's not a two. No, it's definitely not a you two. Know, it's not a two. It's not, a, it's not even a four. No, not even. You yeah. Know, and Yeah, and like because that's – we are – you know, our ancestors came from different places, and we have – different body sizes we're not like i don't know like you can't you can't compare an asian to an african-american or Mm -hmm. a caucasian to hispanic person's body and be like oh let's look at their weight and they could all weigh the same thing and look totally different no exactly so and it's so frustrating that we're given these guidelines that we're supposed to follow i get parents you know ask me about about you know the chart yeah. And I'm worried because I'm on this percentile, whatever it may be. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, you physically see so-and-so, and they're okay. Yeah. You know, and it's, I'm like, don't freak out about the numbers. Yeah. You know, it could be scary feeling, you know, thinking that your child is unhealthy or that you are unhealthy because you're on whatever, whatever percentile. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, I mean, according to BMI, I'm overweight, and I'm due to lose, I think I should be about 110 pounds. <laughs> That's ridiculous. Yeah. That's, that's ridiculous. And, and my body's never been like that. No, no. Ever. No. Like, you weren't born into that body, and so why should a chart tell you and I spent, that you have to be a certain size? I spent size? a good chunk of my life forcing myself down, trying to get down to that size. And how did that go? Not well. <laughs> yeah. I would lose it. I would. And then 
it wouldn't last very long. Yeah. And yeah. I would think that that was what I needed to be happy, but it was never enough. Yeah. I never lost enough weight. I was never toned enough. I never was never enough. reached that goal. I wasn't physically attractive enough. It was always more and more. I need more. I need to be this. And like, you know, we have to really just try, like, look how you are is okay. And look, if, if somebody comes to you and they say, well, I am, you know, obese. I have been obese most of my life. I need help. Okay, and you tell them, well, you know, what's going on right now? It's not, you can't put the focus on the fact that they've been obese their whole life. No. Because that's not going to help. And that's not the root cause of the issue yeah. either. There's more, there's more, there's more to it. There's more to it, and, and it's likely, you know, if people are told something, like kids that are told, you're stupid, you're, you're stupid, you're not good at math, you're not going to be good at math. So if a kid is in a bigger body compared to the average size and they're told from the time that they're born they're called moose and they're called chubby and they're called gordita and they're called this and like they're going to like embody that that label and they're going to be like this is me and so when they're feeling like they want to emotionally eat they're going to be like the hell does it matter i'm fat anyway yeah and like this is who this is how people see me yeah. so it doesn't matter how much i eat it doesn't matter if i don't work out cuz like this is what people expect me to be yep. and you know it's sad because people are born a certain way they're born different shapes different sizes different colors and it's fine it needs to be fine it needs to be neutral it can't be like oh sally's so sweet and pretty cuz she's skinny like I feel like starting a trend, like, is she pretty or is she skinny? (laughs) Or is she pretty or is she blonde? Because at the end of the day, like, what are our standards? Like, society's like... In each culture, the standards are different. It's different. That's why literally, I mean, it sounds so cheesy, but beauty is in the eye of the beholder, honestly. It just, each each culture's beauty standard is different. Um, When it comes to body size... Um, skin tones, like all those. I mean, that changes with each culture and everywhere you go. It's yeah. Ah, it's just so it's so complex. And it's never enough. It's never enough. Yeah. We have straight hair. We curl our hair. We have light skin. We get spray tans. Like yeah. you know what I mean? Like it's never enough. We're we're skinny. We want to be thick. We're thick. We want to be thin. Like yeah. we're, we're we're toned. Trying to we want to be mold. more toned. Right. Yeah. Like it's it's if you look never at, enough. Yeah. If you look at beauty standards over time, each decade. They change drastically. They change drastically. Drastically. So if we're... I mean, I remember yeah. in, like, the two early 2000s, it was, like, skinny as all can be. Yeah, with the low-rise no shorts, the yeah, jeans. Yeah, low-rise jeans. Hip bones out yeah, and stuff. Yeah, no curves in the butt, no curves in the boobs, no, you know... No was, curves in the waist. Yeah, yeah, it was just, like, skinny as all can be is your is the beauty goal right now, right? As yeah. opposed to now. Now it's more curvy bodies, bigger breasts, bigger boobs. Now it's, you know. like big like chest big butt and And like an unrealistically small waist and i'm like nobody with a butt that size is gonna have a waist that i mean maybe some people but good for them but at the end of the day you can't put that pressure on everybody to look look like like that that. it's very and i think that times are changing because i do see more representation in terms of um racial representation body type presentation Mm -hmm. in like models and 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 ads it's definitely changing which i'm really happy about yeah um I just feel like still the body size thing is like one end of the spectrum or the other. Like I would like to see some mi- more middle ground. Yeah. I don't see any that like represent my body. Yeah. Cause I'm on, I'm in the middle. Yeah. And so it's, 
it's kind of like they're going from one end to the other. And so I just, I'd like to just to see more, you and know. Those, and those models also have a lot of pressure on them. Yeah. Because it's, uh, we could talk about this for hours, it's a lot. But something I did want to mention is I know that when people hear like, oh, you know, but so-and-so called me this and so-and-so called me that, a lot of people have the reaction to be like, oh, don't pay attention to people. Mm-hmm. Don't listen. Don't let that get to you. And yeah, we've all been there. Well, we've mm-hmm. had to tell ourselves, yeah. don't let this get to you. Yeah. Right? But it's not that simple mm-hmm. when you're of a certain age. Yeah. Even when you're older, it, it hurts. It hurts. To be told these things. And and it's like, it's not that simple. We are emotional beings. And, yeah. and we thrive off of connections that we have with people. Mm-hmm. And we're social animals. And it is what it is. And emotions are what make us human. I don't care what anyone says. Emotions yeah. are what make us human. Yeah. So don't come and say, well, you just got to be this. And you just got to be tough. And like, no, it doesn't work like that. Listen, we all have emotions. Whether you show your emotions mm-hmm. out in front of everybody or you're crying in your room in the middle of the night yeah. when no one knows what you're, what you're going through, yeah. we all feel the same thing. Mm-hmm. So we really, we really need to be conscious of what we say to other people, you know? And whether it means mean well or don't or whatever it is, I've learned... You know, through people telling me things, just don't make comments about people's weight. When we gain weight, we know it because we look at ourselves in the mirror every day. Mm-hmm. And regardless of all of my education and everything I'm studying and everything I am striving to be as a, regist- a future registered dietitian, you know, I still struggle with body image. I still mm-hmm. struggle with, you know, wondering if I'm in the, in the right weight range or if I'm... You know, these things, it's just its just part of being a person yeah. who's been exposed to whatever I have been, you know, in my life yeah. in terms of dieting and body image and how you're supposed to look. You know, I want to help other people feel that they don't, like, they don't have to feel this way. Yeah. You know, while I'm still struggling feeling this way. Yeah, yeah. Know? And I think more so for us is, like, we, we get these thoughts, we get these feelings, but we're able to take them and be like, okay, I'm thinking this, I'm feeling this, mm-hmm. and this is because of diet culture. Yeah. This is not because there's something wrong with me. Yeah. There's something wrong with what society expects me to be. Yeah. And is pressuring me to be. Yeah. Um, but other people don't have that discernment within them. And yeah. so. And it just brings them down. It does. And it's, it's, it's what they feel is right. You know, I've, I've done, you know, on my own, I've done nutrition counseling with, or just, you know, guidance with someone who once told me, um, you know, I really enjoy pasta, but I don't want to be bad. Like, it was, like, somewhere along those lines. I'm like, there's nothing wrong with eating pasta. I'm like, yeah. pasta's amazing. I know. And, you know, I had mentioned to her about whole grains, and I'm like, you can have whole wheat pasta, and you can mix it up, and if you want to have white pasta one day, that's okay, too. And yeah, I think I think it's hard because our... our the message that we're trying to relay gets lost. Mm-hmm. It'll be kind of like misconstrued yeah. to, to be something else that we are, you know, promoting eating whatever you want all the time. Right. And it's not that simple. It's not, but it's it's the idea of giving yourself permission to yes. eat whatever you want all the time. That, that is you're not going to eat cupcakes exactly. all the time. <laughs> because who wants a cupcake 24-7? Nobody. <laughs> and, like, I have unconditional – I give myself unconditional permission to eat whatever I want whenever I want. And so I am obsessed with caramel corn. Uh-huh. And I had a big bag, the, one of the bags that I brought to your house. Yeah. I had a massive bag. And I was like, I'm going to eat all of this. Like yeah. a giant bag. and. I gave myself permission to do that, and I was, like, kind of, like, munching on it while I was cleaning my room. Yeah. 
And then I didn't even get halfway through. I was like, mm-hmm. I ate like a couple handfuls and I was like, okay, I'm done. I was like, yeah. oh my gosh. I was like, okay, that's it. I don't need anymore. Yeah. But I was satisfied and I wasn't feeling guilty about it. And I was like giving myself permission to eat the whole dang bag if I wanted to. Yeah. And giving myself that permission, there was no guilt associated with what I did eat. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, and I also like Thanksgiving was yesterday and we could have a whole episode about Thanksgiving, but we definitely should. <laughs> we should. We should. But I I was giving myself unconditional permission to get seconds if I wanted seconds, to get second servings of dessert if I wanted that. And at the end of the day, I had one plate and I had two desserts. And that's what my body wanted at the time. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So. It's the anticipation of, oh, man, there's going to be so much food. I'm going to eat so much. You're constantly saying, I'm going to eat so much. I'm going to eat so much. I'm going to mm-hmm. do this. But I'm gonna, then I'm going to work out after. Then I'm going to do this. Mm-hmm. And it's like, no, if you, it's crazy because when you explain it to people, it doesn't sound possible. It doesn't. But when you, when you, like you said, when you give yourself the permission to eat whatever you want, when you want it. I remember I had this cousin um, that she lost a lot of weight by dieting, Mm -hmm. a lot of weight. But she didn't, when I'm telling you by dieting, I mean, she would do one diet for a certain amount of time, switch to the next. So she was constantly shocking her body. Mm. So granted, she lost a lot of weight. Mm -hmm. She was really young. So the, you know, long-term effects you know weren't as harsh on her body mm-hmm. um so she was really young and you know she did diet after diet after diet she would rotate them it was about five or six maybe you know mm. and she constantly did until she got to her weight well her goal weight right mm. um and i remember she was frustrated with me one day because i didn't last on the diet right so mm-hmm. she was like oh i did this one give it a shot it was like one of these seven days was her day. it was just like huge disclaimer this was before i studied nutrition <laughs> so <laughs> you know i had no you know i was i was really young um and I tried it, and I didn't last two days on it because I was starving. Yeah. I was starving. She was like, dude, she's like, you just got to push through it. Like, and she got no. upset with me. She's like, you never f- finish a diet. And I remember a few years later, um, she would still hold this over my head. A few years later, um, you know, I did some lifestyle changes. Now, this was when I started, you know, learning about nutrition and getting into it and feeling a passion for it. And I, you know, was eating healthy, what I felt was healthy for me. I was exercising more. I was feeling good physically and mentally. And, you know, and she was like, oh, but Melly doesn't diet. And I was like, dude, it's just like, you don't have to diet to lose weight. And this was before I started learning about intuitive eating. Mm -hmm. This was long before all this. So, and I realized recently, I did intuitive eating on myself. Yeah. (laughs) By myself. I told myself, I stopped having cravings because I said, well, if I feel like eating something, I can just eat it. What's the big deal? Right. Right? So this was years ago. So then whatever, we're, we're talking. And she was like, Millie doesn't do diet. She never follows through with a diet. I'm like, you don't have to. You don't have to have do a diet. And then when, I, when I'm doing some nutrition education and I'm telling people, listen, if you feel like having a pastelito de guayaba, <laughs> just eat it. Yeah. And they're like, what do you mean? But then I'm breaking the diet. I'm like, no. You're allowing yourself <laughs> to eat what you wanted. Exactly. And then from there, what are you going to do? You're going to, you know, your next meal is going to be a healthy, balanced meal like you had planned. Right. You know, and it's just crazy. So anyway, same thing with me. I, you know, by myself, before I got into nutrition, as deep as I am now, um, it was in the beginning, I just, I kind of figured it out. I'm like, I don't do well with restricting myself because I feel horrible mm-hmm. afterwards. I'm like, I don't want to restrict myself. I don't want to be hungry all the time. No. That's a horrible feeling no, to have. No, it's a horrible feeling. We weren't designed that no. way. No. And um, so, you know, I just figured out what worked for me, what worked for me, ended up having a title called Intuitive, intuitive eating. eating. And I didn't know that at the time. Yeah. But as when I found out about it, I was like, oh, this is why it works. This is why it makes sense. So the, 
you know, and research shows the more you restrict, the more likelihood there is of binging. Mm-hmm. And of, you know, craving these foods. Oh, like, mm-hmm. oh, I crave this all the time. And there's well, when guilt. was the last time you had it? Exactly. There's you know? guilt and there's shame. And, like, right now, oh, oh, my gosh. Years ago, I would probably be craving, like, salt and vinegar chips right now. Mm-hmm. But I, we pr- I think we even have them in our house. Mm-hmm. And I give myself unconditional permission to get them whenever I want. Let me guess. You barely have them. I barely have them. Yeah. But years ago, when I was like, oh my gosh, people say that this is not healthy, and people would make comments, oh, aren't you studying nutrition, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Like, I'd be like, oh, and then I would just want them even more. There's also so much pressure in our profession to look a certain way and to eat a certain way. way. Because we are, like, listen, you guys, we're human too. Exactly. Yes, we know what's good for us. Yes, we know how to apply those behaviors. Yes, we know how to, you know, make healthy choices. Yeah. And work towards these things. But we also can have cake exactly and we also can eat fries exactly <laughs> and when people ask me whenever i get a piece of cake somebody always says aren't you studying to be a dietitian or they'll say a nutritionist because no one knows what a dietitian is i know no one knows it's, it really bothers me that's, <laughs> that's a whole sad, other you ask me what makes what takes me off that takes me that off. takes me yeah so people will be like aren't you studying nutrition and i'm like yeah and they're like is is that good for you and i'm like Mentally or physically? Yeah. Because right now, right now now it's mentally good for me because I need it. Um, So thank you very much for asking. Um, But anyway, I really appreciate the insight that like you provided. I feel like the listeners are really gonna get a good picture of who you are. I hope so. (laughs) Professionally and personally too, and just embrace you with open arms because you are a bruncher and (laughs) officially (laughs) you are a bruncher but you were born a bruncher you know and i just (laughs) i just welcome you to the club the brunch club thank you because you are a perfect fit and we really appreciate your philosophy your values your approach um and everything that you believe in and so i appreciate you sharing all of that with us today i'm honored to be an official bruncher it's you know it's really nice at first i was like i don't know how to do this i've never done a (laughs) podcast what am i supposed to say (laughs) um but yeah just i don't know talking with you i was like girl we're just gonna talk like we always talk and i was like are you sure and we just record it um but we have these conversations all the time and it's it's important because you want to like shove all this information into someone else's brain and how do you do that make a podcast (laughs) and people can listen to it if they want to and so. I'm, I'm definitely open to, you know, do anything else and talk about whatever else. There's a lot. Yeah. There's a lot we have to talk about. There is. But I am definitely open to helping anyone who has questions about just health in general, you know, related to nutrition, plant-based diets, how to, you know, introduce more plant-based meals into your day because, you know, it's there's no harm in having vegetarian right. meals. And it's, you know, it's... It's just it's something good to, to know how to do. Right, and you've been doing it for a long time. Yeah, it's so going on six years now. You are the girl to go to. Um, so, of course, if anybody has any questions, um, feel free to contact myself. My Instagram is every.body.nutrition. Um, you can contact me and be like, hey, that girl Melissa was so cool, and <laughs> I want to be just like her. And I'll be like, okay, and I'll hook you up. Um, but thank you for listening. We do appreciate your time. As always, we hope you enjoyed and learned something. And we hope to not see you next time, but talk to you next time. All right. Goodbye.